0: What's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So glad to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. Now, one of the best parts of our student experience here at the Speaker Lab is the coaching that is integrated into our programs, and our team has the experience and expertise that it takes to help our students gain confidence, clarity, and follow that clear path to their own speaking success. And so, during our Coaches Corner podcast series, you're going to have the opportunity to hear from our Director of Student Success, Mary Alice Goldsmith, and a member of our coaching team. So, whether you are at the very beginning of your speaking journey or for a well-seasoned veteran in the industry regardless our coaches are meeting you where you're at and equipping you to take you to the next level. So, I'm going to hand the mic over to them and I know that you're going to love hearing from our coaches. So, let's get right into it. Enjoy. Hey
1: everyone, I am Mary Alice Goldsmith, Director of Student Success here at the Speaker Lab. And today I am joined by our very own lead coach, Rick Clemens, for this episode of the Coach's Corner series. We're so excited to be here with you today for the episode of the 10 biggest distractions business owners need to be aware of. Rick, how you doing today?
2: Pretty good. Great day to be having some conversations about distractions. So,
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. Being, for I, sure. I'm being
2: distracted by rain right now. So just saying so. But um.
1: Well, that's a good thing where you are, isn't it?
2: Yes. Thank God. Thank God. So yes, California needs rain. But, um, but I love this subject because I, it's, it's something that I think everybody gets like, yay, we're going to go do this. And then, well, then I need to go do this and I need to go, do, and then before you know it, there's so much. So I'm glad you, you know, said, Hey, let's talk about this subject matter.
1: Yeah. I mean, building a speaking business, there's so many components to that, um, between the art of it. The craft of it, and then the whole the systems and operations of it, uh, but then. There's all these other outside forces like, oh, I should have a podcast. Oh, wait a minute. I need all the social media channels and I need a website and I need the, you know, and so on and so forth. So this is what we want to tackle because I think one of the things we do really well here at the speaker lab is keeping our students in their lane and letting them know that it's okay to say no to certain things so that you can say yes to the most important next thing in your speaking business. So we're going to dive into these 10 things and there's no specific order, um, but we're going to start with the first one being social media. So let's, let's really <laughs> unpack this because what's there like a million social media channels? Like life was much easier when it was just like MySpace.
2: <laughs> I mean, I get so distracted at times because, and then I'm mean, I'm trying not to beat up any particular one, but then they change the algorithm. So then you have to go figure this out. And then they say, well, this is how this is going to work now. And then, uh, And then before you know it, it's you're halfway through the day and it's like, oh, I I should have been rehearsing my talk or, oh, I need to be, well, I hope none of y'all are like, oh, I was supposed to call this client and like finalize a contract. If you're getting distracted on social media and you forget to finalize a contract, you you have a a little bit of an issue there. So, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Big issue. Yeah. I think the big thing with social media, um, I mean, there are some students that we have that are not using it at all. So there's that. Little risky, but they're doing it. I think it's really important to be where your audience is. So that doesn't mean that you should be on all the platforms. So the, the best thing that you can do today is learn the different platforms and really understand is your ideal audience hanging out there? And if they're hanging out on Instagram and Facebook, Maybe just choose one to start and really build a following and nurture your audience on just one to get started. But it doesn't mean you need to be on all of them. I think that's really important.
2: Well, and the audience is is an interesting thing, too, because you have the audience that's actually the audience sitting in. A talk listening to you, but you have the audience who is the person that is hiring you too. So I always couch it this way. You want to be where the person who's hiring you can kind of get a feel for who you are, which could be anywhere, honestly, but I think for most professional speakers, LinkedIn is one of the best places. But you also don't want to ignore the people who are going to be sitting in your audience because they can become your evangelists. But that doesn't mean, OK, let's go be all these places. It means fine. So for me, Instagram is really my space. Uh, no pun intended there. But that's where I know I do really well. A little. I'm, I'm playing around with TikTok a little bit and starting to go, oh, wow, I'm actually getting some notice there. But focus on those two things. The person who's going to hire you and the actual audience. But don't spread yourself so thin you can't get anything done.
1: Yeah, great point. The other thing too, and this kinda is a a great segue into the next one, number two is be careful about overly following your influencer or the or the the speaker that has gone before you. Like your Tony Robbins, right? Um, or your Mel Robbins. Like you have to be really careful, like to to make sure that they always say comparing your chapter 1 to their chapter 23 just because they have a podcast and a website and they speak at all different conferences for all different types of audiences that doesn't mean that's what what your business is ready for so really being careful about how you follow influencers it's okay to follow them and learn from them but trying to implement what they're doing Uh, in your business could be really a major distraction and hold you back um, and be a total time suck for sure.
2: Well, and in that, in that comparison thing too, it's, and you alluded to this, don't look at them when you're just getting started out. I mean, yes, it's great to look at them and go, okay, how could I do this? But as a podcaster, I went through this for a, a little bit. And I was like, but 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 I'm not getting and I'm like, of course, I'm not getting downloads like some of these other people. I'm not a known entity. And even now, I mean, the numbers I get, I mean, some people go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you get those kind of numbers. I'm like, well, yeah, but they're not as big as other people's. But I'm actually okay with that because I know my podcasts are so niche that I wouldn't expect it to be like millions of downloads. So trust where you are. Look, learn. But only look, learn, and implement where it makes the most sense when it's the right time for you to implement
1: things. 100%. 100%. Um, All right. So number three, be careful of the naysayers. Not everybody understands what you're doing, why you're doing it. Um, you know, why you're quitting that secure job that you have to become a professional speaker and build an amazing business that fulfills your passion. So be really careful. And to be honest, they're the friends and the family that love you the most, and they do love you. But they may not understand why you're doing this, and it's just something that they could never imagine doing. It doesn't mean it's not right for you. So be really careful about letting them infiltrate your mindset and your uh, your dreams and your goals. I think that's really important.
2: Well, the interesting thing about the naysayers, too, and you, you just said it, is it's something they can't see themselves doing. But where I feel like we all get trapped in this, whether it's about building our business or living our life, however we want to live it, et cetera, is what somebody says is all about them. What you hear is all about you. And so the minute you can really Mm. break that down, that's a coaching principle I learned in my coach training, but it's always stuck with me. And it's something that when I get in my worst spaces at times, I'm like, wait, 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 stop. Pull back, pull back. You're letting whatever Mm -hmm. somebody say, it's all about you, how you're hearing that. What they're saying is all about them, and that's okay. All those things can work together. But what happens is, is when we start taking what somebody says as the gospel truth, then, which actually leads to the next thing I think we're going to dive into, it's no wonder that our imposter goes through the roof. But here's the interesting twist on that. I feel like what somebody else is saying... Guess where that's coming from? It's coming from their imposter telling them, I could never do that. I can never. So you know what? Mary Alice shouldn't be doing that either. It's such an interesting twist when we can break that down and realize it. And, you know, I went through this quite a bit until I finally realized, you know what? I'm just a guy with an idea and a message and a way of being in the world that I'm going to own this. And it took me a long time to own it. I, I had a few good influencers and friends in, in podcasting and coaching and speaking who beat me up about this until I realized, you know what? I, I have something that's worthwhile to the people that it's worthwhile to. I'm not going to be worthwhile right. to everybody. And that's a big thing to get out of our egos. we mm-hmm. you know, yes, there's think- the Mel Robbins and the Tony Robbins and all that, but I can guarantee you, anybody listening to this, There are people who aren't Tony Robbins fans or Mel Robbins. And, you know, there's just lots of different people and it's okay. This is why Mm -hmm. we each have our own lane to go stay in and play in.
1: Totally. And, you know, like you're saying, we're not for everyone. Everyone's not for us. But the way that we say it and the way that we share our stories and our experiences, it's going to resonate with our people, our perfect people. Um, but I think, too, with the the naysayers, this is where ongoing personal development is so critical as an entrepreneur. Um, as you're building this business, you know, we talk about it all the time. It is a zigzag line. It is highs and lows every day from the minute you wake up to the the minute you go to sleep. Um, it's, it's not steady Eddie, that is for sure. And so having yourself entrenched in, in some kind of a book or a mastermind or coaching, really surrounding yourself with like-minded people is really critical to, to combat the naysayers in your world for sure. All right. So number four, we kind of touched on this a little bit, is imposter syndrome. And we get this so much as coaches, we hear this. This is a common thing. And I've really um in the last couple of years, it's when when a student says, "Oh, I'm, I'm really struggling with imposter syndrome." I used to be like, "Oh gosh, that's that's such a shame." And now I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome because that that really means that you're playing to another level." Imposter syndrome is not necessarily a negative thing. Uh it's all the way that we perceive it. It's really that sign that like intuition, that insight, like, Hey, you're, you're playing bigger. This is an area we've never been before. And it's a little scary and it should be right. It's like if you swam in waters that you've never swam in before, it's going to be a little scary. That's just the way it goes. And the same thing with building your business, there's going to be these moments where you're pulling yourself up to your next level. And it can be scary because it's it's the unknown. What if I fail? What if this doesn't go the way I want it to go? And I always say to people, what's the worst thing that can happen, right? And if that was to happen, will you survive? And the answer is always yes. And that simple little question really does combat imposter syndrome. So ask yourself that when you're, when you're struggling with imposter syndrome, ask yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen? And then ask yourself, if it happens, will I survive?
2: And also realizing it's interesting that we're having this conversation because I just came from one of our weekly focus group calls and this came up because we were talking about crafting your talk and everything. And one of the students posted that like, "Well, but I don't, I don't feel like I'm an expert in anything." <laughs> and I say what I always say: every one of us is a practical application expert on what we have gone through in our lives. And for most of us, that's why we step into the speaking realm. We want to talk about our our journey as an entrepreneur or our our journey through divorce or entrepreneurship or, you know, any of these different things that show up for all of us, weight loss, et cetera. But I don't know a whole lot of us that have a doctorate in weight loss. (laughs) So finding your way through this and realizing for, again, the person who most needs to hear it, and this is part of what we do as, as speakers, is we got to fish around and figure out where's my best audiences for these things. But as soon as you can marry your practical experience with the audience, that's when you start to thrive. And trust me, I've been on numerous stages, so has Mary Alice, and I can guarantee you even when I get on a new stage... There's always just a a hint of that imposter, like, I don't know, I don't know. And I just kind of go, come on, Rick, you've done this before. Just go do it. Go be of service.
1: Yeah, I think you touched on something really valuable there. It's like, would you want to go and hear someone speak that studied it in a book? Or would you want to go and hear someone speak who actually went through the experience and came out the other side? I think nine times out of 10, we would want that person who could relate to us, really understand the emotions behind what we're going through or what we want in our life versus someone who, you know, read a couple of books and took some notes and a test and passed, you know, 90% or higher, right? That experience really makes us the masters, um, the PhDs of that topic. Um, there's certain things, and I talk about this with our virtual VIP program, you know, there's certain things that are really hard to sell. And when you're talking about the virtual VIP pre virtual VIP program, um, you know you're looking at practitioners, people who are on the ground working their business in real time. That's a hard thing to sell, right? Because it's 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 happening in real time, and it's hard to put that in perspective. And so when you're thinking about imposter syndrome, and you're thinking I don't have that certification, I don't have that education, remember if you have the experience usually that's going to be more profound for your audience members than if you were a doctor of the experience, um, you know, or, or the topic, I think experience is so much more profound because I want to know that you could relate to me and then teach me how to get through or get to what my goals are.
2: Yep. And, and a lot of people don't realize that going kind of back to the influencers piece, wait, if you're scrolling through Instagram or somewhere and you're seeing an influencer and you're like, well, of course I knew how to do that in Excel. Somebody doesn't. And so if you can stand in front of a group of 200 people teaching them, like, here's how you do Excel, and all you're like, okay, well, here's what you do. You do this, you do this, then you do this, you do this, you do this. And there's like no personal experience, like, so let me tell you the story about what happened. The first time I'm like, I'm not gonna let anybody know. No, I'm not gonna let anybody know that I know how to use Excel. And then suddenly I screwed up an entire worksheet that the team had created and been using for years. So let me tell you the one thing I learned really quickly is this one thing. Command mm. S save. That story is going to be so much more effective than, so if you ever want to save anything, you just hit Command S. But because I put it into a story format, and that wasn't true about me, but I've seen people do this. I've watched some amazing, like, I'm teaching really boring stuff, and this isn't going to be interesting. And they make it completely interesting because they bring their own experience into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 I think, you know, when it comes to imposter syndrome, it's really important to take a step back and think about what has brought you here. What, what is, what is encouraging you or motivating you to get on this stage? You know, one of the things our successful speakers always say is they they recommend the speaker lab. If you have a story to tell, if you want to make an impact, the majority of our speakers have both. Right. And so when you think about imposter syndrome, you really have to take some personal inventory, about what led you here. What what has brought you to this moment? And then then you have to just really, you know, pat yourself on the back, get yourself on that stage and go for it. But it's going to be with you. Like you said, it's going to be with you. And I, th- I think it's a great way to stay humble and really have some gratitude about being able to um walk on stage, live out your dream, help others live their dream and make an impact. And so we can't forget all of that. It's really, it's really important. So um I think, again, careful who you're following and what you're, you're trying to uh, compare yourself to, um, watch those naysayers. Cause it's all feeds that imposter syndrome really does. Um, what, what's the book, of uh, the, the book, Oh, I can't remember it. The big, the big idea, the big, the one oh, thing, man, I can't remember it. No, but she talks about how, you know, when ego rears its ugly head uh, uh-huh. and that's basically imposter syndrome, you know, saying it's like the, lar- the light side versus the dark side. So the dark exactly. side, your ego saying, you can't do this. Yeah. What are you crazy? You know, then the light side can actually calm ego down by just saying, Hey, I got you. We're good. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So she does this comparison, like she's in the car and ego keeps messing with the radio and she's like, all right, backseat. Right. I control the radio. I control the noise. You could come with me, but you're not allowed to control the, the noise. And so just having that little visual in your head, when your e- ego rears its head and saying, you're not enough, this is not your time. You shouldn't be doing this. You know, really saying, I got you. You can come along for the ride, but you're not allowed to control the volume and the noise in my mind. That, that's one way to kind of shift that mindset.
2: One of the best ways I've seen to combat the ego, the big, O. yeah, I think it is the big idea. I actually think it is. Um, but the ego is such an interesting thing. And again, this is coming from my coach training, but my instructor said, your ego is there to do one thing. It's to get stuff done. That's what it does. It pays the bills. It says, this is when you need to eat. It says this is when you need to make sure the house it's, it's like if you can put your ego in that space of it's there to, keep the checks in balance, but it's not there to like discern and tell you what's right or wrong per se. There is a little right or wrong in there. Cause if you don't lock the door, then maybe your house could be, but it's so easy when you realize the ego is just like, yeah, this get this done. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have this done. You're supposed to have the suddenly the way you think about your ego becomes completely different. And I think for many of us mm-hmm. as speakers, okay, get the contracts out. Yes. Your ego is making sure. Did you send that contract? did you make that phone call? Did you do this? It's not saying you're an idiot. You see, you're not even brave enough to do this. In fact, I was doing this with a student earlier this morning and it was so interesting because he's like, I just, I, I just can't seem to break past like this procrastination. I said, the procrastination is simply this. You don't trust yourself. Mm -hmm. So start trusting yourself. Simple. That's Mm -hmm. all you got to do. Trust yourself. And he's like, "Is it, it can't be yeah. that simple. And I'm like, well, it can, but you got to trust that it can be yeah. that simple and move forward. So I think ego is such an yeah. interesting thing. We could do a whole talk on <laughs> that stuff,
1: but. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, I actually think, you know, when imposter syndrome rears its ugly head, we tend to try to do more. And so this leads us into number five. Uh, one of the big distractions that I see is people trying to do all the things in order to have this perfect business. So yep. I want to be a speaker. So I have to write the book. I have to have all my social media channels in order. I have to have a podcast. I have to have a book, you know, um, uh, multiple books. Uh, I need to, uh, all the things they just, they have to do all the things. And so the big problem here is you're so distracted doing all the things that you lose sight of what's the main goal. And if you look at the main goal, It has very little thing, very little to do with accomplishing all the things, but it's really about make, let's, let's simplify this. Why do you Mm want to be a speaker? Let's go back to that. Why? And if you simplify it, you'll know what your next best step is. And it's not doing all of the things. I know you and I have talked about this so much. In fact, we've talked about this openly to our group calls too. Like you're not ready for a podcast. You know, you're not ready to write that book yet. Like slow down keep focused and stop trying to do all the things because it, it, it could be the demise of someone's business.
2: Yep. There's too much going on. And, you know, I started my business as a coach and stayed very much in that lane, but then suddenly an opportunity presented itself to do a podcast. I'm like, I don't have any interest in this. And then I kind of started playing with the idea and go, well, maybe. And then once I realized I really like that, it's like, yeah, this is, this is where I belong. But then simultaneously having that voice on a podcast wasn't really that much different than having a voice on stage. And then that presented itself. And I was like, well, isn't this interesting because now I've got both things going on and I've got a book that I'm writing, which is using my voice. The thing that I learned most about myself is every bit of what I do is about me using my voice, but I didn't try to execute all of those at once. They kind of, I, I, thought about it, but I was like, no, no, no. I know I I, bright, shiny object syndrome is like my worst enemy. And I leaned into each piece as it came in, but man, I was like, I got to go do this. I got to go do this. I'm like, no, no, no. Slow down. Does this make sense right now? Does this make sense? And I think that was my, the best question I kept asking myself, does this make sense for where I am right now? And the more I dialed in and listened to that question and answered it deeply for myself, the better my business became and the more I enjoyed doing it, even to the point where when I started speaking, I kept questioning, is this the best thing for me to be doing? Is this the best thing for me to be doing? And I discovered that speaking was part of it, but the kind of speaking I was doing wasn't serving me. And then once I figured that out, I'm like, okay, cool. I know how I'm supposed to be a speaker. And again, then suddenly everything blossomed.
1: Yeah, sometimes the best thing you could do for your business is say no to certain things and really stay focused on your big yes. And uh that'll grow your business a lot faster than you saying yes to all the things and running into burnout, working 70 hour weeks, not having that work-life balance. Um it's really, it's really important. It's really important, especially in a creative type of industry like speaking. You have to maintain some level of balance so that you have that creative genius and you have the energy to run the business because it's not just starting a podcast and it's not just starting a social media channel. It's managing all that content, the editing, the the uh, content calendar. I mean, it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So you really have to be um, cautious about what kind of uh, branches you want to add to your business and it has to make sense in this moment and it not always will and so for today it's okay to, for it to be a hard no and then as the business grows and you start building out a team you could add those different components but you don't want it to be your greatest distraction you want it, you want it to be your greatest catalyst to growth that's really important when you're when you're running your own business for sure all right so the next one's Can we can go, we could probably do an entire podcast on this next one. In fact, um, when I went for my coaching certification, we spent an entire month on training on this. And I, it was so interesting to me having us, um, social work background. Uh, I really wanted to be a therapist. That was my goal to be a therapist, but inherited stories, your mother's story, your father's story, their money story, their time story. I can't tell you, I used to go deep dive coaching with this, with my, my business coaching gals. And it was always so amazing how I would hear them say, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. And I would say, whose story is that? Your mom's or your dad's? And they'd be like, oh, my mom's, my mom. She would always say I didn't have enough time. I'm like, yeah. So you just inherited that. Is it really true that you don't have enough time? Because I believe you have the same 24 hours as I have. Right. And you're a single woman with no children and a Labrador. (laughs) and I'm, I'm a wife with three kids and two dogs. So what are we talking about here? Right. So like these inherited stories can really be a distraction to our business. And here's the thing. You might be the very first entrepreneur in your family. So you don't have someone to look up to for guidance. Um, and so you're creating your own story, which means you have to separate from the, the inherited stories and that can be really challenging. So be really aware of what you're saying around money, time, your body, your, your abilities, because this might be all inherited from mom, dad, dad and what they taught you in in the home. And they did the best. We're not not going off on mom and dad. They did the best with what they knew. But this is just something for us to be really aware of because these inherited stories can really hold us back.
2: It's so interesting to see this really show up. And I started my business from an interesting space of having watched my dad run his business. And... Pour every waking hour into it, basically taking one day a week off, always feeling like he was charging people too much and making a living, but never being what I would consider. And again, I'm couching this, what I would consider successful. And then one day, about five years into my business, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm my dad. I'm working almost seven days a week, taking very little time off on the weekends. Always like, well, you know, here's my price, but you know, da, 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 And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. And the stories around how much I should charge and how much I have to work and all this sort of stuff was what was killing my business. I hated my business. I absolutely hated it until that moment. And I'm like, wait, time out. Then if you hate it, either get out or start doing it differently. And um it That's was a right. huge thing. Huge thing to see that. That's right.
1: So yeah, it's a huge aha moment. Um I did a lot of work around my money story. I'm the youngest of seven children. There wasn't a whole hell of a lot of money. And I always heard, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, right? So you think about all these comments your parents made and that imprint's on your brain. And so you know, when it came to money, I was like, oh, there's never enough. There's never enough. There's never enough. And I was convinced there was never enough money, which meant I had to work even harder. Even if I met my quota for that month, that was never enough because the, the bottom's always going to drop, drop out. And so, you know, after going through my coaching certification and learning more about these inherited stories, I was like, you know what? I, I gotta do some money work. Big time over here. If I want to make some money, I need to be doing some money work. And so I did. I went on this major journey for over a year, really working on my money story that was connected to uh, inherited stories. And it was so, it was such an awakening for me on so many levels. And it was amazing to see my business grow from this struggling business to multiple six figure business uh, just in that small amount of time. From doing that work. And so really looking into these inherited stories, just the only thing you need to do, if you're listening to this podcast all week, just listen to what you're saying out loud. Even the things like, oh, you're so stupid. Who said that to you? Right. You know, or, oh my gosh, I, I'm never going to be able to do this. I I can't afford this, or I don't have enough time. Really listen to those things that you're putting out, start paying attention, write them down, and then track back. Where did you learn that? Who, who gifted that quote unquote to you, um, that inherited story? Because if you ask yourself, is it really true? The answer is usually no, Mm -hmm. it's not true. No, it's not. And you just need to do some work. Yeah, you just need to do some work to dismantle that story and rewrite your own story. Again, this is where personal development is really, really powerful. There's some awesome programs out there on time management, on money, um, you know, on, on self-love. And if you're struggling in those areas, I strongly encourage you to do that work because it, it's going to distract you from building the business of your dreams 100%.
2: And don't, don't make the story a bad thing. Don't make the story like, oh, uh, it's so bad that I have this story. No, the story is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to say, okay, how can I move beyond this? You know, our, we have these lovely little saboteurs in our minds that our judging saboteur is huge for all of us. If we don't assign any value to that story other than, okay, that's the story. Now, what would I like to do with that? Even as I said those words, some of you probably felt that you felt the change in energy, so what do you get to do with that story? You get to change it and make it your own story, as Mary Alice just said. And I think that's really important because once we do that, it helps us also kind of go back to what we've already talked about, like following the influencers and everything, but kind of moves us forward to the next one. Number seven is the comparison to these other people without having done the work. If we're creating a story, but look, look at them. They're here. They're there. Look at Mel Robbins. On, da da on Okay, you could drive yourself batty, but have you done the work? Have you done the work? And the reason I brought this one up was because I remember in my coach training, one of my mentors said the biggest mistake coaches or anybody that's an entrepreneur can make is not realizing that their business is exactly on the same trajectory as we are as humans. We start out as infants and then we're toddlers and then we're in a little elementary school or preschool and then we move forward and we're in middle school and then we're in high school. And lo and behold, if we start to really look at our business in that kind of a frame, why are you trying to execute your business against somebody else who's already, they're a young adult out there in the business world when you're a toddler? You haven't got there yet. You're barely beginning to walk. Now this doesn't mean don't reach for that. I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with reaching for that, but being very cognizant of how you compare where you are to where somebody else is, which again, it goes back to the influencers and the na- so much of what we already talked about brings this full circle. But I found for me every time I'm like, but, 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 and I lost so much momentum. I I got so angry at times because I'm like, why am I not on that stage? And one of the stages I really wanted to be on at one point, I kept going, I, I'm so much better than them until five years later, when I was least expecting it, I got asked to be on that stage. Why? Because I'd finally grown in to that world where it made sense for me to be on that stage. And too often we as business owners miss that. That doesn't mean get stuck in infant, toddler, any of that but be super cognizant about where you are.
1: Yeah, no, it's such a great point. And I think, I think, uh, one, one tip that I'll give, and I've shared this before, but when I was growing my business, I followed all these people. I got their emails every day. I read all their emails. I went to their website. I listened to their podcast. I read their blogs. I downloaded their freebies. I mean, I was entrenched in their business, which meant one thing I wasn't in mine. Right. So mind your own business. And one way that you could do that is I set up a separate email account and I unfollowed everyone from my main account. And I just had this separate email account where these people that I respected, Grant was actually one of them, which is why I'm here today. And I chose when I was ready and in the right frame to go read their email or to, to, um, you know, I would, I would, Uh, use their email also for marketing, studying marketing, what, what subject lines made me want to open that email and read it. But instead of following them because I needed them and I needed to learn from them and I needed to be where they were at, I switched it and I followed them as my teachers and I, I separated them from my daily business. And I only went and read their emails if I was inspired to open them because that subject line was interesting. And so that was a huge shift for me to really mind my own business instead of trying to be like the, the other people in, in, um, the online space. And that was critical. It, it really helped me shift in so many ways, uh, to stay in my lane and respect where Mary Alice was in that moment. And so if you, if you are over-following and if you're getting everyone's email and you're reading their blogs and studying their opt-ins and all that stuff, that's okay if you have it in perspective, make sure that your work is done and you're minding your business before you're jumping into somebody else's.
2: Well, and two, it gets very confusing because this, this person will say this, and then this person says this, and then this. Person, and so suddenly you have three different versions of people saying stuff, so, none of which is probably bad information, but everybody's going to have a different twist on this. Until you realize everybody has a different twist. They're just getting from point A to point B a different way. And if you can discern that and put discernment as a big key in this, and like you, I did the same thing. I had so many people. I was like, okay, I got to listen to Grant and Jonathan Fields and Chris Gillibo and, you know, on and on and on. And Mel Robbins and, you know, Marie Forleo. I'm like, I was so confused. And then it actually led to me being what number eight is. I was working 20 hours a day, 16 hour days. Why? Because I was sitting doing all that stuff with those people instead of working on my business. I was like, oh my gosh, I've done all this now. What do I got to get done? And then I get to the end of a work week, six day, seven day work week, and I'm exhausted and I've had no time to reboot. If you are daily going to bed exhausted from your business, it's time to rethink and you've got to give yourself reboot time even throughout the day. I mean, Mary Alice knows Rick takes off 5 hours a day to go bike riding and then I'm back on on staff, right? But I give myself that privilege of going and doing something like even if it's just walk away from the walk away from the home office and literally go outside and even if it's just walk to the mailbox or walk down the street a little bit or yes, seriously get on a bike and go for a quick hour ride and come back and I'm like, okay, you have to have the reboot. And honestly, folks, put an end of day time on your calendar. The end of day is the end of day. My end of day is 6 p.m. Pacific daily. I may end at 5 or 5.30. I mean, I may be done. But at 6 p.m., I am done. Done, 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 done. And if we don't reboot, you're going to find no, it true. really people- hard to do anything. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I remember my husband peeking his head into the office door on a Saturday afternoon. And he's like, so is this going to be our weekend? You know, you working? He's like, it, it's fine if that's the case, but just give me a heads up because I'll fill my calendar with what I want to do. And I was like, oh, I'm like, ah, this has to, this has to stop. This is not This is not working, you know? Um, So I think one of the big things that changed for me was I only checked my email first thing in the morning and right before I was closing out for the day. And I shut it down for the rest of the day. So I wasn't so accessible, right? I also really honed in on my social media. I posted one time a day and then I was done. Um, And then I also adjusted my schedule to coaching. I wasn't available to coach when anybody wanted to coach. This was my coaching time. These were my coaching days. And that was it. Um, And then creating a CEO hour was very powerful for me where everything was shut off. And I was just thinking in the business. Um, So really managing your calendar could really help you with this. Um, But Rick, you're 100% right. You need that time to refresh. You need that time to be human. Um, And it's hard when your office is right in your house and and it's right in your face. So you have to you have to make those conscious decisions to separate and really, um, you know, refresh yourself.
2: Yep. And as a speaker, I know this may sound kind of crazy because you're going to go when the gigs are right. But it's okay to say I don't speak on these days. (laughs) It's that's okay. Now, you may shift from time to time. But we need to put this in context. If you're going to be a road warrior speaker, which a lot of people are, I don't know how you can do that every day of the week because you're going to be going from gig to gig to gig. And one of my best friends in the speaking business taught me this. He goes, for the most part, I speak Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, because if I'm going to get to a gig on a Tuesday, that means I'm flying out on a Monday. If I'm going to go from a Monday to a Tuesday, I better make sure I can do that but most of the time I'm going to speak on a Tuesday and then I'll speak on a Thursday. And then my week is done. I keep my weekends sacred unless it's just completely impossible to get somewhere. But that was his thing. And he goes, and I'm not just a speaker. I've got podcasts and I coach. And, and so he had calendars. And if something came up where he's like, yeah, that's a great gig, but you know what? I don't see it. Maybe actually fitting with my work schedule. He would give up the gig. Now, if it was something like he's like, yes, this really is something I want to do. He didn't hold himself so rigid to that, that he couldn't do it. But as speakers, I think you need to be prepared for that, too. Like, what are your speaking days? Most of the time. And most of the time, you're going to find most speaking gigs can be a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. So, But that also opens the doorway to something that I kind of put on this list that most people don't. They think they're doing it, but they don't. They're not doing all the research on all fronts of their speaking business. And Mary Alice has done a great job of bringing this up several times throughout this conversation. You need to research well, your personal it. development.
1: Thanks, Rick. Is that of course, a That, that, is, that, that a is a compliment.
2: I know. That's really hard for you to take that from me. <laughs> Believe that I actually thank said you. that I must be drinking already today. But um, <laughs> but it's interesting that we, we research on how to build the business and how to do this and how to do this. Well, when was the last time you researched how to take care of yourself? When was the last time you researched what are some of the tips and tricks that road warrior speakers really need to understand to how do you manage time zones? What is the research you've done for what's going to happen to your business if suddenly taxes in your state change or there's a new federal law that goes into place about being an entrepreneur? Are you doing the research that you need to be doing on all fronts? And most people get distracted because they don't. And then suddenly. An explosion happens in their business. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize the taxes changed and now I'm getting this this bill. Okay, I got to run to my account. Oh, I can't talk to him because he's not available. For Stay on top and research and listen to what's happening in your business life. I've seen this happen to too many people and suddenly they are literally you know, caught with their pants down, so to speak. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this was it. So big important things. And research the people you're Research the people you're really going to follow and say, these are my mentors. I'm not saying there's a lot of shysters out there, but some people do just like they throw something out and there's like, they have nothing to, there's nothing to stand on and back up what they're saying they're trying to help you do. So research, research, research.
1: Yeah, no, it's a great point. And in fact, you'd be shocked how many people are running a quote unquote business with no legal contracts, no accountant, no legal uh, LLCs or S corps, none of that. They're just flying by the seat of their pants. And I'll tell you, um, if, if you are struggling with imposter syndrome, that could be why you're running an, a, a, uh, illegitimate business and you, and you feel it. It's like, it's like, it's coming out of the fibers of your being where if you're legit and you have legit contracts, you have legal support, you have accountants, you understand your taxes. um, you have an LLC, all of that stuff really builds confidence. And some people listening might say, well, my business isn't ready for that. Actually, it should be one of the first steps you take before getting out there because you'll get out there much more confidently Than like hiding behind the fact that you actually don't have a legal contract. It's just something you downloaded from Google, you know? Um, so really do your research on how to launch a legitimate business because you'll get out there so much more ahead of the person who's just kind of doing it on a wing and a prayer. You'll have that confidence. That's really important. So great point. Love that. All right, here we are. Number 10, this is, this to me, I think is the most important one. But one of the biggest distractions could be yourself. You have no plan. You lack time management. You lack vision. You lack strategy. You're throwing stuff at the wall, keeping your fingers crossed, hoping that it's going to stick. That is no way to run a business. One thing that we implemented here at the Speaker Lab is in our Booked and Paid to Speak Elite program in module five, we have a vision and strategy workbook that all of our students go through. And this helps our students build a three-year plan with a strategy to support that plan. Because you could build a three-year plan, but if you you don't have the strategy to implement it and see it through, it's probably just going to stay pen to paper and it's never going to be executed. So really you have to get out of your own way and you have to be the CEO of your speaking business. So in order to do that, what's the vision? What's the strategy? Who, when, how, and why you have to be able to answer those questions. Don't you think that that's critical to this process?
2: Absolutely. So I'm going to use myself as a guinea pig right now because This is a good example of what's been going on with me. And Mary Alice is going to laugh as soon as I bring this up. So Mary Alice has been with the company now two years. And I think when she came on board, I was already talking about, well, I'm trying to get book number two done. (laughs) And that's all everybody hears is Rick's getting book number two done. And now I am because we do something really cool here in the company called OKRs. And it's like how what we're going to get done. You know, what what are the key results we're going to create for ourselves? And for the company, but we'd also do them on a personal front. So when I got into quarter four that we're in right now, I said, okay, my OKR is I'm going to get the editing done on my book. And each month there's so many pages I'm going to get edited and edited and edited. I have a plan and I have time carved out for it that I do this. I'm almost done. I am almost done. And it's because it's like, okay, here's my plan. Because I'm saying this is something that I want to get done. And then there's a plan in there that isn't on my OKRs, like reaching out and finding the person who I'm going to help pitch to and all this sort of stuff. I have that scheduled for, you know, first quarter 2023, but I'm so excited because I'm moving through this and I found that every time I say, here's the thing, and I'm going to give you all a really simple formula for this that's worked so easy for me. We don't have to complicate this stuff. So we're recording this in November 2022 right now. And a couple of weeks, usually after Thanksgiving, after I'm like, I'm full to the gills and I don't want, want to move around on Friday after Thanksgiving. I do not go shopping. I will actually sit down and go, OK, what do I want my next year to look like now? Yes, I'm a full time employee with the Speaker Lab, but I have the privilege of running a side hustle of a coaching practice and writing books and doing my podcasts I literally sit down and I will project out, okay, what do I want to do for 2023? What's the plan? And in that plan, how many podcasts, how many speaking engagements, how many coaching clients, and guess what's also in there? Well, the book's in there too. How much time out of all those things is Rick going to dedicate to himself? Because when I do that, I'm not throwing garbage at the wall to make it stick. I see it when I was not working for the speaker lab, each of those segments coaching, book, podcasts, speaking. I had this much money dedicated that I was going to bring in as revenue and this much money and this much money. this. It's that simple. Yes, there you can go into deeper detail, but I ran my business very simply by like speaking is going to generate this much revenue. Coaching is going to generate this much revenue. podcast's going to generate this much revenue. Books going to generate this much revenue. I had a revenue plan. It can be that simple. Of course, I break it down like, well, how much of that's first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. And then by month, we get so hung up in some of this stuff. And then when we're hung up, we're not taking care of ourselves and we don't have a plan and we don't manage our time. And then we start finding that we're throwing spaghetti at the wall. Hopefully it's good spaghetti, but spaghetti at the Mm -hmm. wall. Not usually. (laughs) Not usually. No, usually it's the spaghetti that I'm like, okay, yeah, that that got overcooked. but. I, I wish people, I agree with you a hundred percent on this one. I know that's going to be, she's going to be like, is she going to hold this against me? that I actually agreed with her twice on this podcast, but if it. you don't get out of your own way, there's nobody to blame, but yourself.
1: Knowing your numbers is critical. It's critical. And, um, having that plan in place is so important. And we saw that gap here. And, and that's something that I was so excited to fulfill for our students and, um, it's amazing watching them create that vision for their business and, and really feeling good about the strategy that they have in place for the next three years. Uh, When you can see that it really helps you, uh, minimize the imposter syndrome, minimize the distractions, because if it's not part of the plan and the strategy, you don't need the podcast. It's not part of the plan and you're still going to reach your numbers without the podcast. So, um, that will really minimize distraction just having that vision and strategy uh, well this has been awesome you know there there's so many so many uh, different things as entrepreneurs that we need to uh, look at and address when it comes to building a business but these distractions will only hold you back. Our goal is to help you always be moving forward, whether that's small incremental steps or big leaps and 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 big jumps but um, you know we are super excited for anyone who's starting a speaking business or any business. It's not everybody's doing it. You know, if it was, if it was so easy, everybody would be doing it. Um, but here at the speaker lab, we love supporting our students who are doing it. And so we wanted to share some of the common distractions that we see as coaches, um, that we navigate with our students to help avoid these distractions so that they can focus on building an amazing business. Rick, thanks so much for being here with me today. Always a pleasure.
2: Yep, and please don't let your ego grow, please, please, please. No, I'm kidding.
1: Rick forgot to say that I've been here for two years, and it's been the best two years of his life. Speaker laugh. See
2: now, now she, now she's drinking. You're I welcome. never. She, no, she's drinking now. So, no, it has. I love, I love the collaborations we get to do, and this one though, is a biggie. You know, uh, it's a biggie to like really get the distractions. And before we wrap up, there's something that hit me just as you were talking through that 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 that. Yourself getting in your own way and the vision and everything. Uh, I remember one of our students who was in one of our VIP programs when she talked about her business model and her vision. I always say, but what do you want to experience? I remember her saying, I'm sitting on the beach with my toes dug into the sand and I'm looking at what I've created. I'm like, "Okay, she got it. She got the homework assignment. I've got a thriving speaking business. It's making this much money. And I'm sitting on the beach with my toes dug into the sand. And I, I don't know, she had a, my, my tire or something. I'm like, this girl gets it. This is what it's all about. And I think that's what we <laughs> oh, she she's
1: like, Nailing Yeah,
2: she's like Nailing <laughs> it. but that's why we want to do these. And thanks for inviting me to be here, Mary Alice. I
1: appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. All right, everybody have an awesome day. Thanks for listening. Take care.
0: All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we wanna serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.